your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host and mother of a recovering child with autism, Betsy Hicks. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Betsy and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Betsy Hicks. Hello and welcome everybody. Today I have such a treat for you. On my show I have international speaker, writer, and teacher for the Sunrise Program. Yes, it is the one and only Ron Kaufman. Ron was diagnosed with autism at age of 18 months and his parents created the innovative and child-centered program that is basis of the Sunrise Program today. Ron has a degree in biomedical ethics from Brown University and is the CEO of the Options Institute that works so strongly with the Sunrise Program. He is an inspiration and just a darn well fun guy. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Ron. Thanks for being on. Hey, that's a, that's the best introduction I've gotten in a long time. <laughs> Thanks a lot. You know, you can you can have all those nice credentials, but a darn well fun guy doesn't come along every day. You, you really can't beat that. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. I have heard you speak before. I have, I'm very familiar with the story and the book and, and all that came about with the Sunrise program. Um, and but honestly, Ron, I think my biggest amount of admiration comes from you is just is your speaking, is uh, the way that you get the message out there, because you can have all this great knowledge and, and have cre- done all these really great things, but if you can't get your message out. Um, it's not going to do you a lot of good, and and you're so fun to listen to speak. And I have to say, as a public speaker now who speaks a lot with myself, and and I I still there's certain things that you taught me that I still quote to this day. And so oh, thank I want to thank really you as a, as a teacher to me. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the Sunrise Program, can you talk about just the foundations of that? Sure, absolutely. Um, well, here's the thing. It's it's uh... It's a program that is based on uh, a really different way of working with kids, as you said, very child-centered and often really different from a lot of the more traditional ways that we learn to help our children on the autism spectrum. So first of all, one of the places where we start is that if you're doing a Sunrise program, then, then when you're doing that, the children show us the way in and then we show them the way out. And, and that, that's really important because everyone's so focused on the second half of that sentence, showing them the way out. Mm. But what we see just over and over again, and certainly my parents saw this with me, is that if we want to help our children find their way out, we want to help them cross that bridge to our world, we have to start by crossing the bridge into their world first. Instead of, you know, rather than trying to force our kids to conform to a world that they don't yet understand, we want to start by understanding their world, by doing what they find fascinating, by entering their world and their arena and their universe so that we can create a relationship with them. And by the way, we do that because we see autism as not a behavioral disorder, but a relational social disorder, a difficulty in creating relationships and interactions with other people, among other things that happen with the immune system, the digestive system, etc. So the 
we see that as really important. So we really want to help form a relationship with these kids. And we want them to want to form a relationship with us, not to do it because we're forcing them to or because they have to do it to get us out of their face, but because they really want to do it. So we start by joining them in their world. And then we see some amazing things. Uh, I'll give you an example. One of the first things my parents did with me was uh, I would do a lot of uh, stimming kinds of behaviors, and one of the things I would do is I would spin plates on the floor, and as I was spinning, I would flap my hands and watch the plates spin. And I had you know, no language at this point. I had a tested IQ of less than 30, so I was a really autistic kid. And what my parents did was rather than taking the plate away or trying to get me to stop doing that stim, they would actually get a plate. They'd sit down next to me, and they would literally spin plates with me. And everyone said that was the the worst thing they could do. They're going to make me more autistic, right? You're going to reinforce the very behavior you're trying to change. Uh, But I'm really glad. I I tell you, I thank God that they did that and stuck with it because by joining me, that is actually the first time I started looking at them, including them in my play, and interacting with them. It began with, with joining. Now, that obviously wasn't the whole program, but that was a crucial first step. And then as I became more interactive, they were able to help me cross the bridge more and more and expand how interactive I was being by using different things that were motivating for me. So, for instance, we always look for what each child's really motivated and excited by. It could be you know, physical movement or Thomas the Tank Engine mm-hmm. uh, or SpongeBob, and we use that as a way to excite children in interacting more, again, versus trying to make them interact on our terms first. Excellent. Now, tell me, Ron, there's so many phases of autism. And you have everything from the extreme nonverbal and um, to you know, letter versions that have some communication, but not. It, does it really matter when you're working with this program to, to where they are on the spectrum? Well, it certainly matters in terms of what you'd be doing, uh, definitely. Because the, when you're doing, for instance, a Sunrise program, since it's child-centered, we're really starting where the child is. Right. Uh, so I wouldn't say it matters in terms of it doesn't matter. You know, we can help this child, but we can't help that child. That's I wouldn't mostly, say it matters that's in terms of my question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We. You know, what's interesting? We actually, you know, certainly we're well known for helping children who are really nonverbal learn to speak and communicate, and sometimes fully recover without without any trace, and sometimes just make a lot of improvement. Sure. But every every you know that's something I feel like we're more well known for. What. I don't think we're as well-known for, but yet we, we do it all the time and we have a lot of experience with it, is working with children and young adults who have Asperger's syndrome and who are highly verbal and, you know, aren't spending their days flapping their hands right. or running around in circles and have plenty of language at or above their, their age level. And what's amazing is what we're doing is so helpful for those kids because oftentimes what those kids and adults are struggling with is no, not learning to speak, no, not learning to be toilet trained, no, not, they're not stimming all day, but they're struggling with actually at the core the same thing that the two-year-old nonverbal child is struggling with, which is social interaction, interacting with other people. So we start with where that child or adult is. And in that case, for instance, if we're joining, no, we're not going to be joining hand flapping, but there's a lot more sophisticated ways. For instance, how many of us who have a child with Asperger's syndrome have, have gotten to a point where we say to our child, all right, enough with the trains ready. I know you're, you, you, we've <laughs> talked about trains for the last hour. Can we, like, move on? And what we feel is 
we feel like we just want to be close to these kids and understand their world. So our point of view is, hey, you love trains. You're telling me you love trains. I am the train freak. I'm the train master. And we get, we get as into trains as they are, and we talk about trains with them uh, or whatever it is that they're interested in, and we get, we, we get as excited about their world as we want them to be about our world. And what we find is by starting there, then we can help children uh, and adults who have Asperger's to interact more. And we, we actually, a story I tell a lot is we actually had this uh, girl who uh, was really into Jerry Springer and liked to be Jerry Springer, act like Jerry Springer. She'd walk up to people and ask them why they cheated on their wife, et cetera. I mean, it was, it was, it was really out there. And her parents, of course, did everything they could do to stop her from doing this. It's so, it's so inappropriate. It's embarrassing. Uh, but what we we did is first we worked with, with her parents and we got them, as, as crazy as this might sound, we got them really excited about Jerry Springer because okay. they were making war with Jerry. And the problem is, is they weren't going to help their daughter to communicate in a more conversational way while they're making war with the very thing that's most exciting and motivating to her. Right. So, and that is, by the way, why we don't just teach techniques. We spend a lot of time working with parents on their own emotions, their attitudes, their fears, their frustrations, so that they can get more comfortable, so that they can be the best advocates and therapists for their child. Yeah, yeah. And what her parents did an amazing thing, this, this, this teenagers, which is they actually set up her whole room like a Jerry Springer studio. They got the family in to be like the Jerry Springer oh panel. Oh, my God. And they let her be Jerry Springer with them. <laughs> and what was amazing about it is as they, as, as they did this and she got more and more excited about it, they found that they could start to do things that they normally weren't allowed to do. For instance, you're normally, you're not allowed to ask Jerry Springer questions because he's the guy that asks the questions. Right. So their daughter wouldn't answer questions, wouldn't have a regular conversation, for instance, about you know, what she liked to do on the weekends. And what they did was, as time went on, after about an hour and a half, for instance, this, this woman, her father actually started asking her questions. And what they found was she started being more and more flexible with being willing to answer questions, adjust the conversation. And after about two and a half hours, they were all sitting around, all five of them, having a conversation about what each person liked to do on the weekends. So they actually got the thing they were looking for by going with her motivation. Wow. And, and that's something we see, again, we see whether a child is a nonverbal three-year-old, a nonverbal 12-year-old, or a verbal seven-year-old, or a, a 17-year-old with Asperger's syndrome. So we, we see that Overall principle works with all kinds of kids and adults. Okay, um, this is kind of a two-part question, and I'm somewhat even answering it myself because I I have a son with autism, but I also have a daughter who had Asperger's, and she really doesn't have any traces that I can see anymore of Asperger's. But but when she was younger, she's she's actually my son with autism's twin sister. And when she was younger, her obsession was Pokemon. And so I, I'm really loving what you're saying here because I'm. Uh, she know she now can't even understand how she even watched the show. <laughs> um, but do you find that? I mean, she as she grew out of her as she grew out of her Asperger's. I didn't say she grew out of it. We helped. We helped her in many many different ways. So sure. it wasn't just a matter of because I think a lot of parents think, oh, they'll just grow out of autism. <laughs> And it like like it's like a pair of pants or something. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but um, so I think a lot of parents hear this, like what you're saying right now, and say this whole thing that you, that your 
parents were told at the beginning, you're just reinforcing it. Um, but as we did talk to her about Pokemon and let her live in her Pokemon world, she kind of released it on her own. Do you find with a lot of the kids, well, let's, let's, let me ask you this, do you spin plates anymore? <laughs> I mean, do, do, they, do they tend to come out of these obsessions? Um, you know what? That's what we see. First of all, I, to answer your, your question, uh, in case any of your listeners are wondering, uh, no, I don't speak plates anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm 35 years old, but I haven't done that since I was, uh, you know, in the last 30 years or so. Um, but what's, what's interesting about it is I think your, your point and your question is actually an important one because every, everyone's afraid of that, and that's yeah. why people resist this principle because – uh, I spend the most time on this principle of any of our program's principles, and the irony of it is this is actually the simplest of the principles. We have other principles that are a little more complex. This one's the simple one, but I have to spend the most time teaching it because everyone's kind of programmed to resist Simplicity, totally. Yeah, yeah, and there's a couple of reasons. One is because every, every parent um, is told over and over again, you've got to stop these things, and these things are inappropriate. You know, it's, it's interesting because this is the Sunrise program. What I love about it, it was developed by parents for parents. So it's not it, – it's from coming from a different vantage point. And one of the things that, you know, that, that we see, just to answer your question, is that the more – this may sound counterintuitive, but I, we work with thousands of families worldwide. Sure. We see sure. this over and over again. The more – we join children in what their behaviors are or what people are calling their obsessions or their stims. The more we join that, the more children are able to move beyond it. Uh, the, the more they let go of it, the more time they spend interacting with us, which means they're not spending that time stimming, for instance. Yeah. And that's really, really key. And, and the, the key thing is, by the way, we're not using it as some sort of trick. When a child sure. is, is, is lining up cars, I don't line up cars and say, oh, I'm, I'm doing this so I can get him to stop. I'm actually saying, I just want to be close to this little guy or this little girl. They love, they love lining up cars. I really want to get into this. I want to see their world through their eyes. And the more involved I get in, let's say, lining up cars, the more interested they get in me. I love it. All right, we're going to talk more about this when we get back. We'll take a quick break. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. 
ReadyZorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally. ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold Program. Ask your doctor about ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here's Betsy. Back with the one and only Ron Kaufman, who is so amazing with the Sunrise Program, and he is over at the Autism Treatment Center of America. You're in Massachusetts, is that right, Ron? Yeah, we are in Sheffield, Massachusetts, which is in the southwest corner of the state. And, and there, as we, I, I want to pull back into talking about these great principles, but I just want to make sure I'm clear on it. You actually, you train parents, well, is train a good word? It, yeah, train's a great it, word. It, okay, <laughs> make sure. I get, I get so worried with my verbiage here. Um, you train parents on working with their, getting into their children's world. Yes, we, you know, we, that's a great way of putting it. We work with, and we certainly work with a lot of professionals as well. Okay. But primarily we are designed to be for parents and the family. Um, we, our programs, we have something called the Sunrise Program Sequence, which is a, kind of a series of programs that parents go through. Um, and they're, they learn to go home and do a, a home-based program. Uh, sometimes in conjunction with their school, where they can learn to help their children start to progress, but in a very, not, not help their children progress by being great at math, help their children progress in terms of creating human relationships, wanting to be with people, understanding, you know, you know making jokes with people, creating friends, the things that really make our life meaningful. We're not uh, like a hardcore academic program, although a lot of our kids, when they get more advanced, we do help them with that stuff. But right. we are first and foremost a social developmental program. Okay. Now, t- tell people real quickly what is the website for the Autism Treatment Center of America? Sure. You can get to the Autism Treatment Center of America by just going to www.autismtreatment, first two words of us, autismtreatment.com. So, www.autismtreatment.com. There's a lot of great stuff on there, by the way. You can go to a message board. There's information. There's some principles that, that people can get started with. Sure. Uh, so there's a lot of useful stuff for people to use. Now, Ron, and, I do, and just for those listening, I am getting to get back to these principles, but I'm on sure. a little bit of a, a quest right now to, to learn a little more about your program because I believe so strongly in it. Um, let me tell you, the reason I didn't, there's only one and only reason that I didn't do this with my son because I believed in everything, but my son was so physically 
ill. I couldn't, I, I couldn't put this on him because he was just so physically bad. And, I mean, do you usually recommend that you try to get the kids at least feeling good before, um, before they, they go and get involved with this? Because well, that, that's a terrific question. That's a, that's a great question. Let, let me, can I ask you another question so yes. I can get more of an idea? Yes. So, so with your son, first of all, when you say he was too Physical. physically ill to right. put this on him, what do you mean exactly? Okay, well, that's a good, you know, that I'm eating my own words right now. Um, all, for, for, uh, in my piece, all of my efforts, all of my money, everything was going towards getting him well. So that, that's that part. Putting it on him was more of, I, I was, just trying to keep him comfortable was my big thing. Sure. I didn't what learning was the least of my concerns right now because I was just trying to keep him from banging his head, biting his arm and screaming in pain. Sure. So that that's kind of what I mean like by putting it on him. Well, you know what? At that question actually leads into a whole other subject which which might be helpful for us to get into. Um, and we can come back to some of the more we'll basic principles, but sure. but this brings up a really interesting point. First of all, obviously, you're not unique in that regard, and your son isn't unique in terms of facing those kinds of challenges. So, first of all, we we are very very supportive uh, of biomedical interventions uh, from well, certainly dietary intervention. That's one of the first things right. we talk about. Not just gluten free and casein free, but also specific carbohydrate and body ecology things like that. Um, also, uh, you know, everything from chelation, uh, probiotic treatment, lots of different things. So um, that I, I, I often recommend that, obviously, with a doctor's supervision. And the thing that's important to realize about that is, yes, that certainly will help absolutely anything that you're doing in the Sunrise program. I mean, it'll help anything you're doing in any program. I mean, it's, it's just a great, it's really important. And certainly if our children are in pain, of course we want to address that, first and foremost. However, here's the one thing that we're starting to see more and more that's very exciting, which is it's something that I've been talking about lately, and we, uh, we're calling it the recovery mode. By the recovery mode, what we're talking about is we want our children to be in a place of recovery. I don't just mean recovery from autism, but I actually mean Physiological recovery, uh, something that I often call um, SPR, uh, sustained physiological repair. And what's happening is that a lot of our children, and who are doing exactly the behaviors that you were talking about, Betsy, head banging, biting their hand, different things like that, what's happening is they're in a chronic state of fight or flight. I was just talking to a Dr. Scott Faber in in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania about this. I know him. Uh, yeah, and, and he, what, he, what he was telling me in the conversation that we were having was he was finding that a lot of the children he was, he was seeing and working with had uh, very high levels of stress hormones, adrenaline, cortisol, etc. And that creates all sorts of issues. Number one, you're in fight or flight for, if, you're, if you're one of our kids. Number two, you have the brain stem, which is, which, uh, is a very basic sensory processing part of the brain, is totally overloaded. So these kids are just completely sensory overloaded a lot of the time. And then when you have these digestive system and immunological problems, which of course need to be fixed, of course need to be repaired, they get repaired even with biomedical treatment in, the, in, in a sense in the slowest possible way because the child is in fight or flight. And when the body is in fight or flight, the body is not engaged in sustained physiological repair. I mean, when you think of evolution, the idea was first get away from the woolly mammoth 
then rest in the cave and, and get and get better. Yeah. And what so what we're trying to do is we want to get kids into the recovery mode, which means and, and, and actually Dr. Faber found this was that when people were doing sunrise kind of principles, joining these children, having them in our special environment, which we recommend, which is a, we call it the Sunrise Playroom, but it's basically a, a, a not overstimulating room where these children have all the control. Uh, when that happens, then oftentimes these stress hormones finally start to fall into normal ranges. And you can do other things to start to increase the levels of, for instance, dopamine in the child's system, which then it, it puts the child in a calmer place, which sure. then means... Not only are you creating social engagement, but you're putting the body in a place where it can engage and sustain physiological repair, which means all of the biomedical treatments you're doing can actually get to work on the body. So it's something that we're seeing more and more of that we're very excited about. And, you know, the other thing, too, Ron, is um, a, a big part of the, the arm biting and the head banging is frustration from not being able to communicate. And so by at least being able to, you know, work with them to help them to be able to identify what it is they're actually even feeling is such a wonderful win situation. Certainly. And you, and you know what else is interesting as, as you're talking, Betsy? I, um, a lot of people feel like, gosh, my kid's under so much. You know, I, there's actually sort of two, two crowds that I talk to a lot. One, one, one sort of group of people really wants their child to progress and is, and, 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 so a lot of times their children are in programs that are very pushy for the kids. And they're doing that to help their kids, of course. But that's uh, oftentimes they're in a program that's really like, look at me, do this, change this, that kind of thing. So the child's kind of fighting it. Or you get the other side, which, which I understand equally well, which is I don't want to put all that stress on my child. My child's going through enough biomedical issues as it is. Yeah. But what's great about the Sunrise program is you actually you get both because the child – can take, in a sense, as many breaks as they want. I don't actually mean breaks from the program, but, for instance, anytime it's too much for a child, if we're working in a playroom with them, they can go and stim all they want, and we're going to just join them. We're not going to push them. We're not going to make them stop. So they get a chance to start to regulate and self-regulate their body more and, and, their, and their neurology so that they, so that they can, be, number one, get through this, and number two, start to then come outside their envelope a bit. Now, that, that's another question I want to talk about is the stimming piece because I know how important stimming was to my son's regulation. I mean, he's, he's, he still does have his own stimming pieces that he does. Sure. Um, and he's, he's, I'm so happy with him, he, uh, for him, because he's just so, he's doing such remarkable work on his own right now and oh, as, as great. we are coming more into his world. But, um, the stimming piece is interesting to me because of the fact that he can. He has two stim modes. One, he stims to regulate, and sometimes he stims and overregulate. It's like he overstims. It's like what? What is that? Why is there that kind of breakoff point where, you, for example, he loves when we go to the grocery stores. He loves plastic. He loves plastic bags, and he'll rub the plastic bag for a little bit, and he's so happy for about ten minutes. And then all of a sudden, he rubs the bag faster and faster and faster until he starts to cry. What's that about? Actually, that, that, that's a great question. Um, first of all, one of the, and that leads to another piece of the program. One of the reasons why we are such advocates of the Sunrise Program Playroom, which is this one-on-one -on -one playroom I was telling you about, where yes. you, the child is not overstimulated and, importantly, has complete control over their environment. One of the reasons why that's so important is because... 
when our children are in different places, you know, the supermarket or outside, which we, which understandably we would see as sort of in quotes a normal playing environment, you know, a normal environment. What seems normal to us, to our child, because of their sensory integration issues, that's, that's coming in a mile a minute. It's such a sensory overload. Now you might say, but if that's really true, wouldn't my child hate to, to the plastic bags and hate to be at the supermarket? But the reason why it doesn't work that way is because it's almost like, and I'm going to use a, a bit of a strong analogy here, but it's almost like when someone's doing drugs, right, when they first do an illegal drug, they get, their body gets a whole rush. That doesn't, just because the person gets a rush from heroin doesn't mean the heroin's good for them. Uh-huh. Right? So what happens is our children, they get, they, they get outside, they get this huge stimulation from being in the supermarket or whatever, and at first... It's quite, it's quite an experience. It's like the experience we get from eating an ice cream sundae, right? We eat lots of ice, you know, we eat an ice cream sundae. It feels great. But when we're done with the sundae, we're like, oh, <laughs> right? And so, All right. We've we got to take a break. We'll okay. come back and let's talk some more about this. We'll be right back with Ron Kaufman. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. ReadyZorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally. ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the fine gold program. Ask your doctor about ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B dot com. Living Your Power with host and intuitive counselor Diane Brandon breaks down the old traditions of taking what life gives you. Living Your Power teaches you how to have a life of success, happiness, and fulfillment. How to live your power, feeling vibrant and confident. Tune in Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern to Living Your Power on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. Back with Ron Kaufman, and we're talking about the wonderful Sunrise Program and his work at the Autism Treatment Center of America, which I highly recommend for you to go visit their website at autismtreatment.com. Uh, Ron and I were just talking about stimming, and, and, and it's something that I, I cannot cut off because these commercials keep cutting you off, Ron, and boy, you've got, I just, I could just listen to you go and go and go and go. So, um, commercial be gone, and now let's talk about going back to the stimming because you were talking, comparing stimming, which I think was very appropriately to compare stimming to that of kind of like a, a recreational drug in that, you know, a little bit is, is fine, but then eventually it just kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, let me let me just uh, tweak that just a little bit. Please. What, what I what I definitely see as like either a drug or to use our other analogy, you are, you or I eating a giant ice cream sundae. Right. Um, is the experience of sensory bombardment that a lot of our kids get from being in a non playroom kind of environment, from being in the sort of typical world? You know, you know how you or I feel after you spend a day if you ever have to on a long flight and, you, and you've been in the airport all day and you kind oh, of yeah. feel zoned out and it's just everything smells gross by that time and it's just, it's, you just you just want to go home and go to your bed. Right. Well, for our children, just being in the living room or certainly in a supermarket or in a playground is like being in a major airport. And so what happens is, uh, again, they get this first experience of, okay, they go to the supermarket, they touch the plastic bag in your instance, they get this, this rush of sensory input, it, kind of, it, it, it gets them more, um, uh, you know, sort of jacked up in terms of their, not just their neurotransmitters, but their, their sensory input, et cetera. And then it starts to reach a point where that, that's quite overloading for their body and it starts to be overwhelming for everything from their brain stem to even their digestive system at times. And then, because I often say to, to parents when they say, well, he loves, he loves going to the playground with all the kids, and then I always ask, and, and how is he when you get home from the playground? Mm. And then I often get answers like, oh, well, as I think about it, you know, he has a lot of meltdowns or he cries or he just wants to be by himself and flap his hands or that kind of thing. And that's because he or she is, is sort of recuperating from that. And what happens with that when that's happening all the time is it makes developing real learning and interaction kind of tough because there's constantly this sensory overload issue to, to be dealt with. And you know what's interesting, actually? I was just at a um, sensory integration workshop for professionals, and one of the things they were actually noting was that when, as the environment gets more and more overstimulating, one of the things that actually gets a, any child or adult or someone without autism that gets them into a, a more um, a less aroused, more calm place is actually repetitive beats. And what do most stims look like? They look like repetitive cycles. Mm -hmm. So actually, a lot of our children get more intense in their stimming the more overstimulated they are because they're trying to reach equilibrium and homeostasis in their own body. Wow. So what do you do? Well, there's a couple of things. 
Um, number one, we always say, not and certainly not forever, but we always say that from the beginning, the best place to start is to spend as much time as you can, as you're able to, to have your child spend as much time as possible in a really low, understimulating, one-on-one playroom environment where the toys are all up on shelves. They can have the toys, but they need to communicate with you to get it. There's not lots of posters and pictures and music and different things in the room. It's very simple, and they're in there with one other person, and that at least gives the child's nervous system a chance to start to go back to equilibrium so that they can be in a place to interact. And the second thing is what we said at the beginning, which is that's why joining when you, when a child is doing a STEM kind of behavior is so useful. It actually helps them reach e- equilibrium more. It also shows a real sense of acceptance and love and caring, and it shows, like, I understand your world. And, you know, it's funny. We want to teach our children to be the kinds of people who are interested in other people and in other people's worlds. And yet most of the way these children are treated is by saying, stop doing what you want, do what I want. So we teach them the opposite of the thing we want them to learn. And what we find is if we want our children to be interested in other people, we got to start by being interested in their world and build a connection around what they're interested in first. And then we can start to expand that to the things that we, we want them to learn and change and grow into. Excellent. Now, let's segue this back into talking about the principles because sure. you're really hitting some of the principles just in talking about what you are right now. Definitely. What are some What are some other principles that you want to make sure and mention today? I appreciate you asking that. Um, so there's a couple of key things that people who are listening can, can even start thinking about now and maybe go home and try. One is certainly, and we've talked about it a lot, which is one is certainly joining, which means when your child is not interacting, is being exclusive and repetitive. They're doing a STEM kind of behavior. They're not looking at you. They're not talking to you. They're not engaging with you. They're doing something repetitively. Then that tells you that's the time to join and relationship build and bond and just really, really uh, accept your child where your child is and join your child where your child is. That's the time for that. Now, when, your ch- when you do that, what, what we see is that then your child will start to look at you, engage with you, and do things that show them you're in, they're, they're engaged. They'll look at you. They might take your hand. They might walk over to you. They might say something to you. And that says, ooh, I have a green light. My child's available in some way, either a little bit or a lot. And then what we do, we don't join after that. We don't just join with everything no matter what. We only join when a child is really in their own world. When a child starts to reach out to us, that's the time where we do challenge our child and what we call uh, inspiring growth, which is we help our children to learn new things. And there's a couple of ways we do that. One is we find things that are motivating to them uh, that I was mentioning before, anything from a toy they like, a TV show they like, a uh, physical movement that they might like, and we use that. Now, when I say we use that, I don't mean we bring a TV in there. I mean, we play a game, an interactive game, that's built around the thing that they love. So instead of going, listen, if you, if you go to the toilet, I'll give you your favorite toy, or I'll give you an M&M, or I'll let you stim for five minutes, we say, oh, my gosh, you love Thomas the Tank Engine? Let's play with Thomas the Tank Engine. And we start to play an interactive game with Thomas the Tank Engine, and then maybe Thomas the Tank Engine has to drive over to the toilet to take a little wee-wee. And, and we start to integrate something we're trying to help our child learn into the thing they're already motivated by. So that's one principle. We also have the principle of addressing the child's environment, which is the playroom, 
which is which we talked about a bit. We also have the focus on the social before any focus on the academic. That's a key piece. Social skills before academic skills. We don't we're not trying to make these kids three grade levels ahead in math and reading before they can have a conversation and make a friend. Yeah. Um, so that and that's really important. I, I tell you, every parent I've talked to, they pay a million dollars to have their child be three years behind in math and have twenty friends and be able to talk and laugh at jokes and connect with people. So that that we prioritize what's actually important and what the main deficit of autism actually is. Autism isn't a math disorder; it's an interaction disorder. So we we want to address that. The other thing that I do want to say, and and I think this will resonate with you because you know this better than anyone else is we really see, you know, when I say the parent, the program was developed by parents for parents, this, this, what we see is nobody has the kind of love and dedication and commitment and day in, day out expertise of their own child that a parent has. There's just nothing to match that. It doesn't mean professionals can't be profoundly useful, but what it does mean is that at the end of the day, the parent is going to be the one that brings the child home. The parent's going to be the one that makes it happen. That's why we spend so much of our energy just training parents, because when a parent changes, a child changes. And we see that over and over again. And we're so, I mean, I'm so amazed, me personally, when I see what these parents do, because I wasn't there to really see what my parents did. I was too busy being autistic. (laughs) But when I see what these current parents do. you watched the movie, so. (laughs) Yes, I did watch the movie. But you know what? It's so funny. I first watched the movie, I'm like seven or eight, and I don't get that they changed their lives to help me. Yeah. You know, it's just, oh, it's kind of cool. Hey, I guess I used to be autistic. But <laughs> with when I see the parents that we work with now who really work on themselves, get more comfortable with their children, and then really work to set up a program and then recruit a team of volunteers, which we teach them how to do, and then, and then really help their children start to progress wherever their children end up. Their children end up. I mean, some children recover and some don't. But what's amazing is to watch what these parents are able to do with their kids and, and what they're willing to do with their kids. And, and um, that's something that we have a serious value for in the program. And, and the last thing I would just articulate as far as the main principle is that we see that one of the most overlooked areas of autism treatment is the attitude of the parents and facilitators. That it's not just what you do, but it's how you do it and how you're feeling when you do it. Because since our children can't communicate in all these ways, they're really hypersensitive to the attitudes of the people working with them. And if they perceive someone as uncomfortable, stressed out, judgmental, they will pull more into their world or, their, or they'll tantrum more. And we want our children to be in a place where they feel so loved and accepted and so cherished for who they are that they're willing to come out of their box and out of their envelope and do more. Yeah, yeah. Ron, um, a question that comes to me in this is... Um, as you know, as you do or don't know, my, the name of my show is called The Gift of Autism because I really do see it that way because I see of what my son did for me to change my world, to change my husband's world, um, and so many other people. So to me, autism is a huge gift. Where, and I don't really have an answer for this, so I'm not, I'm not fishing for a, a true definite answer, but um, where is it that we kind of have to draw the line between acceptance for who they are and wanting to change them? Oh, that is the question to end all questions. Well, you have a minute. <laughs> no, oh, oh, my God. Okay. No, uh, we, we, prob- we 
probably should break. I didn't realize. I was just like, okay, actually, I have 30 seconds. Why don't we take a break? And we'll... <laughs> I'll answer that after the break. Okay, we'll take a quick break with Ron Koff, and we'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. ReadyZorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying. Normally, ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold program. Ask your doctor about ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B dot com. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Let's face it, hormones happen. Whether you are male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Monday at 12 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life well. Live life long. Live life to the fullest. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here's Betsy. We're back with Ron Kaufman. Rob, Ron, I'm not getting uh, uh, call-ins, but I, well, I am getting call-ins, just not people who want to talk, but I am hearing people saying that this you and I have some really great energy going here, so I'm having a lot of fun with this show. It's good to know that people are really enjoying it. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it, too. Thank you so you're much. Having, you're so much fun. So I wanted, I wanted to say um, where we kind of left off, and I'll, and I'll sure. tell you a little bit about this, is that 
Um, it's just been in, in recent years that I'm really loving my son just the way he is. And so, you know, every day I make it a point to look at him and say, Joey, I love you just the way you are and all your magnificence and just kind of ended at that. So talk, please address to everybody because I think there's no better program than, than the Sunrise program for accepting your child as to who they are. Yeah, and, and again, I just want to say I'm so glad you brought that up. It's it's one of the most common questions we get, and I think people are really afraid of accepting our children and de- and even delighting in them where they are because they see that as a sense of writing our children off, which I am massively, massively against. I, I really, I think one of the biggest problems in the autism world is that we that these our kids in the world are, are written off. People decide ahead of time what our kids are not capable of, can't do, won't accomplish. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I was recently talking to a mom who, when her child was diagnosed, she was told, listen, once a duck, always a duck. He's never going to learn to talk. You're going to have to put him in a home when he's eight and all this stuff. Now, he's, uh, she's been doing the Sunrise program for a couple of years. He's already speaking in five-word sentences. He's totally interactive. He, he still has a ways to go, but he's already miles beyond what they said. So I'm definitely, I definitely am not in favor of that. Accept your child where they are and just leave them alone. Um, but what I, what I do get, which is, is your question, which is how do I set my child where he or she is and go for more and want more? And, you know, I love the, the name of your show, The Gift of Autism. You know, it's literally in the opening of our startup program, which is our one-week program that parents come to that really gives them all the, the tools to set up this program. We actually have one that's starting on June 15th, by the way, which people can find out about, and that they come to the, our 100-acre campus and room and board is provided and everything, and they just come up to, come to classes. It's quite an experience. Um, but what, what I was going to say is the first thing we say literally on the first morning is seeing autism as a gift, how important that is. And so I'm so excited that, that, that you see that too. And one of the things that I would say in answer to your question is this. If we really accept our children where they are and we're really at peace with where they are, then we can also say, oh, I, I, I love them where they are. If they never change, that's okay, but I, I, maybe I want more for them. I want to give them more opportunities. I want to, I want to um, offer them more, right? If you think about, right, we don't have to hate our hair to get a haircut. Right? We can say, oh, I like my hair the way it is, and I'd like a haircut to make it look even more the way I want. So we, there's so many things. We don't have to judge where our children are in order to help them get where we want them to go. And so what we see is, and, and ironically enough, when we accept our children where they are, this is what my parents did with me, they found that there was no fear of failure. So they were actually more empowered to be able to do more for me because they weren't worried about it failing because there was no failing since I was okay either way. So we try and, and I know to some parents listening, this might sound crazy because they may have just gotten a diagnosis and maybe they're feeling devastated, and I completely understand that. But that's why one of the first things we address is helping parents first be comfortable with their children and then giving them tools to help their children make leaps that maybe they never thought were possible. So we're excited to keep doing that for as long as people want to come and get our help with that. Wow. Boy, I really like you. (laughs) (laughs) I just think you are one of the greatest people I've ever met, really. I mean, I love your philosophies. I just love the way you, you present this because it is so deep. 
for your your empathy towards these families, your understanding, all of this is just so amazing and um I I just I just love the, love everything that you have to teach. You know, we have we have very little time left and one of the things I told you at the beginning of the show was that there was something that you had said to me that really struck me probably oh boy, 8 7 eight years ago when I heard you well probably longer than that, 8 or 9 years ago when I heard you speak. Wow. Um was about consistency. And um I, as a diet counselor, because you don't even, probably even know that about me, is that I, I teach diet. I teach dietary interventions Wonderful. for autism through, throughout. Oh. And it's something that is really, really important to me when I'm trying to teach parents about, you know, you can't say that you're, um, you have to eat this or um, there are no other choices type of thing and then and then an hour later give them a bag of pretzels or or yes. uh, crackers and so and and that consistency piece and can you just speak for like a, just a couple minutes on the importance of consistency with with working with autism uh well abs- i would 100% agree with you uh whether it is dietary intervention uh whether it is supplementation whether it's probiotic treatment or <laughs> whether it's the therapy you're doing like sunrise program um then consistency is, is crucial. That's how you build toward anything. And, and that's the toughest part for a lot of people. In fact, that's why we spend so much of our energy not just giving parents techniques but helping them with their own attitude and motivation because at the end of the day, if a, if a program peters out, it doesn't peter out because a parent couldn't understand and use a technique. It peters out because... The consistency isn't there, or parents get demotivated, or they get discouraged, or they get scared, or they focus in a different direction. And all of that is human, and all of that's understandable. But that's why we all need help with that to stay consistent. And by the way, one of the great things as regards diet in terms of the Sunrise program is we're so good at getting children on board with their own treatments that it makes diet not a chore, but something that's much easier to be consistent with. We have this little boy who every morning says, Mom, I want my algae. Now, algae tastes (laughs) disgusting, but this kid loves it because he's been gotten on board with it from the beginning. I want my algae. So um, it's it's pretty amazing to see. And um, by the way, one thing just to note for you, not only can people use that website, the autismtreatment.com, but they can also call an 800 number if they want. Oh, good. Uh, which I can throw out, which is uh, 800-714-2779. That's 800-714-2779. And they can actually book an initial consultation. We're a nonprofit organization, so what they can do is they can get a consultation, consultation with a family counselor. It doesn't cost them anything. They can ask questions about the program as it relates to their child, see if this is something for them. And if somebody wants to come to the startup program on June 15th, uh, certainly we'll, we'll welcome them with open arms. That's great because I, I would highly recommend this for so many different people. And then educators. Now, so you, you can do it not just with your child. You can go as an educator and take courses as well. Absolutely, absolutely. We have some, a certain number of professionals in every program that we run, and it's really great because it gives them this whole other tool that allows them to have a, create great relationships with their kids and be helpful to the parents. Ron, I don't know what your full speaking schedule is, but I know you're going to be at Autism One, and the Autism One conference is going to be coming up this Memorial Day weekend in yeah. May. It's early this year, a little bit earlier that Memorial Day falls this year. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we welcome you to be coming to that. Um, I, I think you said you think you might be speaking on Saturday, but you're not real sure which day. I, I believe that I'm going to be speaking on Saturday, May 24th. 
Okay. Uh, and I will be there for that weekend. I also have a booth, so I'll be able to answer people's questions. And uh, I will also be there with a Sunrise mom who has an adorable little boy who can also answer questions as someone who's doing the program. Excellent. Excellent. Well, it's going to be a wonderful conference, and any opportunity to hear you speak is a great opportunity. Everybody, thank you for joining our show today. It's been a really delight and a treat for me, Ron. Thank you for being on. Thank you so much for having me. I hope to be talking to you all soon. (laughs) Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. To contact Betsy or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks.